one thing that we are. We're an animal, but we're also the next stage of animals where we're aware of who we are and we contemplate our existence. And when you contemplate your existence and you're an intelligent life form, you should always be seeking to improve. If you're always seeking to improve, the thing that you look at is like, what has brought me the most positive results? Hello again, this is Ronald Gibson from Short Life Advice from the best of the best. Today I have with me... Ted Novak, Senior Sales Account Executive. What's up, Ted? Welcome hey. to the podcast. Ronnie, I'm a big fan of the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I was wondering, I'm like, when is this guy going to ask me to, <laughs> to, to talk? <laughs> yeah, You've, uh, you gave me some nice suggestions of questions, and uh, I've used actually some of them, and may use some today. Yeah, yeah. How do you pronounce your last name? How do you pronounce it's, uh, it's Novak. It sounds like it's with a V. Novak. It, it's okay. spelled with a W. Um, I'm, I'm from Polish descent, actually, and they, they pronounce their letters kind of weird sometimes. Okay. I always, you know, to make it easier on people and customers, sometimes I'll just say Nowak, but yeah. it is it sounds like a V. I've <laughs> known you this long, and I did not know that. Yeah. Novak. Okay. Yeah. Nice. How long you been at Schneider, Ted? When, when did you um, start? It is going to be seven years this coming January. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. You started in January. I started in February seven yeah. years ago. I forgot you started one year earlier than I did. Yeah. Oh, was it a whole year? Or one, one month. month. Yeah, one yeah. month earlier, yeah. yeah. Who was in your class? Um, is there anybody still here? No. I'm the last of them, right? Last one. Wow. <laughs> Me too, man. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the last, but uh, it feels good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, seven years. It's uh, that's crazy. We have the same birthday, Ronnie. We do have October twenty eighth. We're about to uh, hit a birthday, you and I. Yeah, that's awesome. That so is pretty sick. Same birthdays, almost same Schneider anniversaries. <laughs> we got a lot in common, Jeff. Yeah. I used to cover a lot of your freight back in the day. Yeah, we had a good thing going on. Back yeah. in the day, we had those uh, Tamaqua PAs. Tamaqua, yeah. Illinois, you remember the that? Tamaquas. I was putting putting uh, HMD trucks. Yeah, I still on have it. the mug. I have the coffee mug from HMD on my desk. Yeah, I still use it to this day. That's awesome. But good times, huh? Oh yeah. Speaking of the good old days, um, like when you started out, like where'd you come from before you came to Schneider? Did you were you in so, sales or? I I came right out of college. Oh, you did? Straight okay. straight to Schneider. Um, I graduated early from DePaul University, um, right downtown here in the Loop. Early, like three years, or like three years and like uh, um, a third, because DePaul goes on trimesters rather than quarters. Okay. So three years and one third, I graduated. It made it kind of a weird time to like look for a job, but there's always companies recruiting, right? Mm -hmm. um, when did you graduate? Um, January? No, 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 November of 2012 okay so i came here january of 2013 okay so before like I, I before then i had a job like during college for a company that would do like marketing um consulting they would do consulting to marketing firms okay. and my role there was to um qualify leads for them and find leads for them and really kind of prospect for them so mm -hmm. it was a pretty good segue first few months in the business having a prospect for myself, right? To mm -hmm. make my own book of business. what did you study in college? Um, sales and marketing. Okay. Yeah. So I, I knew that I wanted to be in sales um, pretty early on. I'm a pretty talkative guy, as you'll hear right here on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, 
not ashamed to say that I love the sound of my own voice. I love, <laughs> love talking. That's the first. Um, usually, people say they hate the sound of your voice. Yeah, That's what I, my wife says. Yeah, but um, I I knew that I wanted to be in sales. I didn't quite know what industry. Um, but in my last year in college, um, there was a logistics company that did a presentation to our class to kind of what is logistics and it like captured my imagination like okay. in a totally cheesy way i was like this is so cool um i loved the concept that anything in a room has been on a truck at some point mm-hmm. probably multiple times yeah. and i was like there's so much potential here i can't wait to dive in yeah and, literally uh, essentially everything <laughs> yeah so i i knew that like in the back half of my last year i knew that i wanted to go into logistics sales it just sounded so interesting, and long story short, that's how I came here. How did you even hear about Schneider? Did you know someone here? <laughs> so uh, DePaul has like a program that shows um, companies that have been to career fairs or are coming to career fairs, and Schneider has a presence at DePaul University with career with their career fairs pretty regularly, and um, it was listed on their site, and I had heard of Schneider or seen Schneider, the orange trucks on the road. Um, I was born and raised on the southwest side of Chicago, and you see Schneider there all the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like a recognizable name to me. I see. Um, and I jumped at it, you know, because right. I wanted to be part of the best, right? Yeah, for sure. So, best of the best. So uh, did you, when you first started at Schneider, you know, I was on the carrier side, so I didn't really see too much of what you're doing except the freight that I was booking for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Did you start out uh, strong or do you have any struggles at the beginning? Like Man. how did, how was your start at Schneider? So I, my first load ever was a load of frozen egg rolls. And I was like, yeah, like That's great. I, I'm, I'm going to be the egg roll man. In the office. <laughs> so I'm just going to move, you know, reefers and uh, frozen, you know, anything. And uh, it was like the only reefer load I had gotten for the next like two years, you know? Um, and I got it like pretty soon after hitting the floor. Um, but I think it was just dumb luck. Mm-hmm. I think I was at the right place at the right time because I didn't get my second load until like two months later. Okay. Dang. And so it was a rough two months where I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it here. Yeah. Know? And uh, it, it was a grind to to get past that hump. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought I had a great start, but then... You know, I'd come home every day, and I'm very talkative, as, you, as, as I keep saying. Um, and I'd always tell my parents and my family about my job, my friends, anyone who will listen, really. <laughs> and I would tell them, like, yeah, I'm trying to get loads, you know. I'm trying to get loads. <laughs> and I'd come home, and they'd be like, how many loads did you get today? And I'd be like, oh, I didn't get any loads today, you know. Yeah. I'd come home every single day saying zero, saying zero. And, um, but there were other things to look at. Like, you know what? I had some really good calls today, though, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I had several quotes and I'd try to look for the positive things to, that were wins about my day. Good conversation. Yeah. And, uh, Cause you can't beat yourself up. Right. Yeah. In, in this, in this line of work, oh, for sure. cause everyone else is too busy beating you up. You know, you gotta be a champion for yourself. So, mm-hmm. um, it was always like, well, zero loads, but, but, you know, I had the most calls on my team today or, you know, I had a fantastic conversation with a lady. I was making her laugh. We really hit it off. Mm-hmm. Anything to keep the momentum moving forward. Do you have any like doubts in those first few months of, you know, maybe I should start looking somewhere else or looking at another, another sales job or anything? You know what? That nature. It's hard to remember. 
I don't want to say that I didn't, it's hard. I can't remember having doubts, yeah. you know? Um, and I have, I have really crappy memory for the bad times in my life. I always try to look forward. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, sometimes, you know, someone on the floor would be like, Hey, sorry about this from last week. And I'll be like, I don't even remember. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's, we move forward in this job. If you keep dwelling on the past, then you're going to be stuck there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that I didn't have doubts, but I have never thought of those doubts ever again. Yeah. You know, whenever that, whenever they were, if they even existed. Yeah. In sales and in, in life in general, having a short memory is uh, some good advice. You know what I mean? Cause if you dwell too much on the past or past mistakes or, you know, uh, anything about the past, even good things. Like if you just focus too much on it, then it just brings you away from focusing on the present moment and, and, and putting in the effort now yeah, and driving you forward. hundred uh, percent. I agree. So, uh, since we're talking about your first early days, like if you could go back and give advice to yourself during the first month of Schneider, what's like a few habits that you, uh, wish you would have gave yourself on day one, like that you've learned over the years that you would be like, all right, Ted of 2013. Yeah. Um, here's the three habits you should instill go. Um, I'd probably say, you know, the cliche, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, I think I got a really slow start because I would get fixated on particular prospects and companies that I wanted to close and I wouldn't be adding anything into my pipeline because you can Mm -hmm. only call on so many companies, right? In a Mm -hmm. day. Um, And I'd be calling on the same ones over and over and over. Like same industry or or same. Yeah. Well, not, not same industry, but same, same prospects, same companies. And I wasn't getting anywhere with them. And it was coming to a point where I was starting to lose interest. Mm -hmm. You know, I had wanted to close them, but now it was, it was becoming like boring almost, you know, because a pipeline, you need to keep the sludge flowing, right? You need to introduce new prospects um, and throw out the old ones or ones that are not going to work. Um, I think it needs to keep moving. And if you have just a clogged pipeline where you're working the same stuff over and over, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel good. You yeah. know, you start really kind of thinking like, man, this sucks. You know, I don't like, I don't know if this is for me, et cetera. And so I'd be stuck on a lot of prospects where if you're no longer interested in closing it, you know what, mark your activity done and find another one. Mm -hmm. There's so many fish in the sea. And to me, it's more exciting to introduce that new one and call on it and be able to make traction Mm -hmm. because that's what, what people get stuck on. When you're not making traction, Mm -hmm. people really get um, disillusioned with the job, you know? So for me, it's all about, you know what, as soon as I am not interested in it anymore, then I need to, I need to move on. Yeah. You know, that's good advice. Plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah. Cause we do sometimes get to, we, uh, focus too much on a, f- a few prospects and yeah. just aren't moving forward at all with them and calling week after week after week and right. getting the same sort of feedback. And then, um, you know, and then if you continually do that, the next thing you know, you're three, four months down the road and yeah. um, haven't moved forward with any person Ex- rather than if you increase your chances by bringing in more fish. Yep. <laughs> exactly right. Um, on, you know, on the flip side, 
it's also helpful to get a different perspective from people, right? If you're not interested in a particular prospect, bring it up to, you know, um, a coworker or a leader of yours, and they'll help you think of it in another way that will kind of re-energize going after it. Um, because if you're, you're hitting your head against the wall over and over and over again, not doing anything differently, you're not going to close it anyway, you mm-hmm. know? So that was the other thing. There's definitely like some prospects, not to say I'm going to throw them out right away, but I need to think about them differently mm-hmm. as well. You know, mm. so keeping the pipeline flowing as well as seeking like outer advice for that stuff that that keeps me interested. Okay. Anything else you give uh, young Ted some advice? Man, trying to think. Yeah. Uh, Any like daily habits that you do now or something that you would be like he wasn't he didn't know what he was doing back then. <laughs> Man, I I might have had too many habits. Honestly, yeah. like I. You know what? I'm I'm very like um, routine oriented sometimes with a lot of the processes that I do, and I'd I'd keep track of the most random stuff. You know, I'd be mm. like, how many times did I use this particular voicemail message in a week? Just mm. dumb things that would suck up a lot of time, mm-hmm. but not really show any results. You know, mm. so I'd probably go back and tell myself to loosen up a bit. You know, like, okay. dude, you don't need to keep track of every breath you take. You know. Um, I keep track of a lot of stuff in my life. Um, I could, I, I, one thing that I'm actually kind of proud of is I keep track of all my, my expenses. Okay. Um, I can tell you exactly what I spent on this day five years ago Wow. to the penny. Um, and I've been doing it for, for years. Um, so I may have a bit of OCD, you know, a little <laughs> yeah, bit, little yeah. bit. Um, but that, you know, that's not effective in certain areas, you know, especially if you're keeping track of the wrong stuff. Okay. Um, that I'd tell, I definitely tell myself to chill a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What, uh, what's some of your, it seems like from afar that you, you always have a pretty good pipeline and some solid prospects that you're always bringing in and working. What's like some of your favorite ways to prospect or, or like, what are some creative ways you like to think about prospecting and bringing in? attacking new industries or yeah so um there's no magical way to do it right um i I get this this question asked a lot from newer sellers where you know hey what's your secret or what's your source you know um and really i you know i don't have like a mystical fountain of leads that you know are the right leads or the good leads um i do a lot of stuff just like everyone else you know i'm going on linkedin i'm going on google maps um some of the unorthodox ones that I've done in the past that have kind of worked out for me. Um, I've gone on Craigslist before and I've mm. looked at the recruiting page for companies that are recruiting for warehouse managers, forklift operators, mm. um, anything having to do with potentially with logistics. Mm. Um, and I'll look at those companies leads like, Oh, they're recruiting for a warehouse manager. You know, I'm going to call that company use that, that company as a, as a lead, yeah, you know? That's good. Um, but the majority of what I use, most of my leads come from LinkedIn, honestly. Okay. Um, I am constantly, constantly looking at new companies to call. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my personal rule is if it, if they have more than 25 employees on LinkedIn, I'm going to call them. Okay. Um, and, uh, looking at people's work history, like the, their, their history, you know, if, if you have a VP of transportation, 
chances are at a previous company, they might have been a director of transportation. And before then, they were at another company where they were a manager of transportation. You can look at people's work history and get leads from their mm. previous companies they were at. That's good. Yeah. Um, on the right side of the page, will show suggestions of other pages and companies. Mm. Um, I, I closed a customer just last Friday where I was, I'm like, where did I find this lead? And I, I put a note for myself that said, random company name on LinkedIn that was on the right side of the page. It was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw that there was a warehouse manager that worked for a company. And I just added that name to my list and gave him a call. And you know what? It kind of random, but it works. Yeah, that's good. He, some, uh, I, I like to, uh, I like some things that Ryan does. And what I, I like doing, uh, Ryan Bartlett on your team is, uh, is I, I like to think creative. Like, wh what are some new products or industries that maybe products that I use or that I hear about or I see that I know are kind of growing companies or, or starting to grow or yeah. just introduce. And I, I'm thinking, what are the companies that other people don't know about yet right. that I could get to first? Yeah. And then I already know a little bit about them as well. And then I could get to them and be that solutions provider and, right. and bring a lot of value because a lot of those companies that just start out, they don't have uh, a logistics coordinator no, or any no. type of transportation. They don't have the capital or any or yeah. resources to, and I would be that guy. That, that, that's a really, you know what, you, you hit it right on the nail. Um, one of the things that I, I made sure to do right away is I let everyone and their mamas know where I work, right? Mm. And so That's good. everyone knows that I work in logistics. So I also get a lot of leads from like friends, yeah, you know? Someone will pop me up and be like, hey, um, I drove past this huge warehouse. The company is called this. And like, I just put it, put a little note to check them out and give them a call. Um, so everyone knows that I'm in logistics. So I do get periodic like leads just from people. They'll text me or they'll send me an email or something. Mm. Um, and it's because I, I never shut up about it. Yeah. You know, I'm always like, hey, I work in logistics. Man, I had a great day today. I called this one company. They manufacture widgets, you know, and just kind of <laughs> go into it. So people know I'm always always keeping my eyes open. Yeah. Referrals are huge, too, in this business. Oh, yeah. Especially if they already know the person that they're referring you to. Right. Yeah. Um, I've, had, I've had brainstorm sessions with friends before where I'll be like, I'm look. I'm, I'm trying to think of unique things to ship, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll we'll do like a little session where they'll be like, "Oh, Ted, um, um, you should call a lumber company." I'm like, "No, that sucks. Think of the next one," you know. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. we'll we'll go through these sessions until someone comes up with some creative stuff. Where I'm like, "Oh, I never thought about that before." That's that's a pretty um, fun activity. Yeah, it's uh, you know what? If if they care, you know, and it it, it could turn into just funny dialogue. Um, mannequins was where I got an idea from mannequins from a friend. You're like, dude, who ships mannequins? That's great. That's looked into it. There's plenty of manufacturers of mannequins, you know, just think of a creepy trailer filled with a bunch of just mannequins. Yeah. Really weird. I think you can go, <laughs> I think you can go all the way from, you know, just looking at Google maps and mm -hmm. seeing someone that has docs or like being super creative and thinking of mannequins or, this new keto snack yes. that's out right now. You, there's such a vast difference of ways you can go when yeah. it comes to prospecting and they're all good. But I think a lot of it's just like, if you're doing it a good amount, 
every week, you mm-hmm. know, and you're bringing in new ones. So there's some, it just increasing your opportunity of uh, landing a new bill too. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. With, uh, you've had a lot, I mean, coming up on your seven year anniversary, you've had a lot of customers that's probably coming in and out of your book of business. Do you have like a favorite failure at Schneider in your life or would like a, a carrier that you lost where you thought, damn, you know, that went, went out a lot of my book of business. What yeah. am I going to do now? But it made you realize I should, made you realize maybe your process wasn't as great and you need to revamp that to start bringing in more and it helped you to get where you are at today. Yeah. Um, I had a company that um, maybe two, three years ago, um, it was a fantastic close. We started moving a ton of freight with them. Um, and it was a great account just for the business for me. And I was having a blast. And um, about a month and a half into it, we were moving almost like four loads per day with this customer. Mm. And about a month and a half into it, the gentleman who I had closed initially had called me back in a panic um, and he was angry with me. And I had no idea why he was angry because the service on this stuff was excellent. Mm. Um, And he was angry about the pricing. Um, He wasn't looped in on the pricing. He had put his team out to work with us on getting loads. And essentially what ended up happening was his team was just auto tendering us loads. Um, Mm. And, you know, we were quoting and we'd win the load and it was just business as usual. Um, where the fell, the fall through was, was that there was no post sell, right? Mm-hmm. I was taking the freight and moving it without thinking about touching base with this guy that had brought us in, in the first place, mm-hmm. making sure to kind of keep him up to date so that he knew what was going on and kind of, uh, you know, once I got new, new contacts, I was just kind of working with them and I hadn't really thought about how high up the company that other guy was. Um, and it was just a total oversight on my part. You know, um, I think that sometimes we get so caught up in the no news is, is good news. Yeah, we, you know, we're only contacting certain people when we have to give bad news. I think it's super important to contact them to just to give good news sometimes mm-hmm. or to just give them a status on the account. Uh, we've been trying and you know what it was it was a, it was a blessing in disguise because it made me super conscious with all my other customers mm. because I lost the account mm. um, that was my failure was four that loads per day it was four loads per day gone man. after a month and a half just woof. so I had like a taste of heaven you know and I was yeah. like oh no it's all gone and so I remember after like that week after I remember calling like all of my customers, all the like higher level contacts that, you know, I've spoken with, but I don't speak with enough Mm -hmm. and kind of giving them just like a state of the union, like, Hey, here's like what's going on with your account and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, just to keep them in the loop so that I don't get blindsided like that ever again, you know? Um, but that, that, that's probably my favorite failure because it hurt. It really hurt. Yeah. That happening to me. Um, and I remember feeling like crap about it because, you know, you can choose one of two ways to react. You can either be angry about it and kind of, you know, this came out of nowhere that was out of my control kind of thing, or you can analyze the situation and figure out, okay, what could I, have I done to prevent that? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and I tried, you know, I try in most scenarios to 
look at it in that way where what could I have done better or differently to retain that account, you know, rather than, well, this guy was out of his mind. He didn't know what he was talking about. I couldn't control it. He fired me. That's the way of the world, you know? Yeah. Cause that's the easy way out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to learn from your yeah. failures and mistakes. I mean, that's only how we grow as human beings. Yeah. It did end up reclosing that customer. I have to add. About you did reclose it? Like a year later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Beautiful. So, when, uh, when you do get stressed out and overwhelmed, uh, sales can do that to people or most jobs, but sales, especially, yeah. Is there anything you like to do? Take a walk around the block, anything? What, what like, what do you do when you get stressed? Um, that's Ted Novak handle it. I, um, I play video games. I build Lego sets. Yeah. Yes. And, um, I'll do reading. I'll, I'll read as well. Okay. Anything to kind of calm me down. If you're talking like middle of the day kind of thing, um, I will get up and walk around or take a lap around the office or lap around the block. Um, I'll make sure to take a lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it happens time and time again where I'll feel overwhelmed or super stressed mm-hmm. and getting away from your desk works wonders. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting up, and stepping away from it all for a bit, you come back to your desk with just a whole other mindset. Mm-hmm. I think a, way too many people get into a frame of mind where they're like, I'm too busy to take lunch. Yeah. You know, I cannot get up. There's there's too much going on. But what most people don't realize is if you don't take that break, you're not going to be effective for the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. So lunch has become religious to me almost. Where yeah. It's like, I'm, I have to take lunch. I have to do it. I need to... It, and I say lunch, it doesn't mean that necessarily I'm going to go eat somewhere or going to eat something necessarily. It doesn't even have to be that. You need to take a break, get up, walk around. Obviously, you need to eat. I would highly encourage people to eat, <laughs> Yeah. you know, <laughs> but you cannot look at it where I'm too busy to take a break because right. you're, you're getting, you're wearing yourself down, mm-hmm. you know, the, your second half of the afternoon. Um, it'd be like, you know, you're, you're, it'd be like swimming without coming up for a breath of air. Yeah. You know? That's, yeah. And if you're thinking like, I've got to, I've got to swim still this far of a distance, I can't come up for a breath of air. Mm. You're just not going to be able, your strokes aren't going to be as powerful. I'm not going to win if I come up for a breath of air. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And you, you say it and you realize how silly it sounds, you know? So use that metaphor, I guess, or analogy. Yeah. So. That's good. I mean, and, uh, you get in this mindset where you like, it is good to work hard. And I know you, Ted have a great work ethic and, uh, but you have to find that even balance. I've tried to force myself to at least take my lunch break, whether a lot of times I'll bring my lunch, but I like either going down to the gym, yeah. taking a walk around the block, yep. reading during lunch, just to get my mind off of it, to take a break. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm completely refreshed when I come back and then I can get back to doing the difficult things in my day that aren't maybe the most ideal things I want to do at the time where, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, my to do list is pretty full, but if I come back refreshed, then I'm more likely to do it. I feel like if I'm all bogged down, then that's kind of when you start like pushing back things and just getting too stressed out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, you mentioned books. 
do you uh, what do you like reading? Do you have like a favorite book or any book that you have handed out to people or suggested? Um, so I've heard all the podcasts and there's a lot of great sales books out there, but I'm a huge like fantasy nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm huge into Game of Thrones. Um, when I was little, I read the Harry Potter books. Okay. I'm very uh, I'm a nerd in that respect. Um, science fiction is what I read mostly. Um, but, uh, I haven't, you know what, I can't think necessarily of a, of a book that I've handed out to people. I've had books handed to me that I felt were amazing books. Mm. Um, the richest man in Babylon is a really, really good book. Mm. Um, it's essentially, it's written like a fiction, but there's a lot of, um, really good life lessons in there uh, as it pertains to money. Um, it's a classic. If you've ever looked up the richest man in Babylon. I've heard it. Um, it's a fantastic, it's a very easy read, very short book. Um, and, uh, that, that book, I, I base a lot of like my financial decisions off of, um, from a very young age. I read it very like early high school. is when I read it. Um, but mostly, most, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking to decompress or just loosen the stress, I'll open up a, a fantasy book right now. Right now I'm reading a, a book called the black company. And um, it's it's about a mercenary uh, group of uh, soldiers that you know it's set in a fantasy world, and okay. I love reading that stuff. And it it takes me to another world. You know, I don't have to worry about any of the stresses in the current day to day. Yeah. And uh, I come, I finish reading, and I, I feel right as rain. Feel really good. Yeah, so. I like it. I, I try to as much as I can to uh, throw in a fiction book here and there, and I love astrophysics and, and yeah. you know and science and stuff so I may take some of your uh, suggestions yeah one of those for sure you said uh, you mentioned Legos like what do you uh, what's what's like the biggest Lego or coolest Lego thing you built oh man um, have, do you, do you, have you ever heard of the the legend of Sisyphus no so Sisyphus is a character from Greek mythology and the gist of the story is that he was punished by the gods to have to push a boulder up a hill mm, and I've the boulder would always roll down. For sure. So that's, that's the story of Sisyphus. Okay. I saw a video online of someone who built a Lego sculpture of Sisyphus pushing a boulder and it's motorized. So mm. it's, it's completely from Lego. It's Lego motors and everything. And the guy had listed out the instructions. And recently I sourced all the parts and I built my own copy actually that's really cool and it's just it's a really cool set I, i'm actually thinking about bringing it to the office to remind myself to keep on grinding you, you know should. just keep on pushing that boulder yeah um it is really really cool i'll show you a video yeah, sometime a picture after this or something. um that's awesome. but that that's my favorite structure as far as largest like i've had stuff that's taken me like months to build mm. you know like very very large stuff um, when I was a kid, I always told myself when I started making some of my own money, I was just going to splurge on Legos. Yeah. And this is like a very, you know, juvenile thing that a kid would say. And I always, I, I kept that promise to myself. That's I'm cool, 28 man. years old and still buying Legos. Like it's a, it's embarrassing how much I've spent <laughs> on Legos over the last few months. Honestly. That's cool. <laughs> That's a fun hobby. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, but what else do you do, Ted, outside of outside of Schneider and, and grinding here and sales? Like, do you do you have any other hobbies? Do you, do you ever play any sports? Yeah, yeah, I played um, basketball in high school. Oh yeah, um, was I on your team one year in intramural? Yeah, we yeah. we played some intramural together, yeah. um, and I still very much enjoy basketball. 
Um, I've always been more so one of those people that doesn't watch a whole lot of sports. I don't know a lot about teams and players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been relatively athletic. Um, I'm playing flag football tomorrow morning, actually. They, some of my friends need a sub for their league. And right. um, I've, you know, I, I could jump pretty high. I could run pretty fast. Um, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. I'm not like a fantastic in anything particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, love playing. I get very competitive. Yeah. You were down there in the post, you know, boxing out oh, yeah. and, and uh, pushing people around. I, I, can get, I can get pretty aggressive down there. I So I have five brothers. And um, we, we're all basketball players. All of us have played basketball. And it's, you know what, I don't know that I'm the best of my brothers, but, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely up there. You yeah. know, we always had to compete with each other. And um, it was always kind of rough growing up because you're always constantly trying to outdo the other. You Where know? do you land in the, are you the oldest, youngest? Or? So I'm fourth in line. So um, I was born fourth and I have two younger brothers. So okay. there's six of us total. Okay. Um, and I, I'm I'm number I'm one of the middle childs, I guess you could say. How was that childhood with all those brothers? Um, it was good. It was you know what everyone always says. Oh, you're a poor mother, and I, I never knew what that meant until recently. Someone was saying that you know raising boys is just uh, boys are more energetic, is what what I've been told, and mm-hmm. so. Like your your mother must have been a saint to raise all you kids because you guys must have been running around like crazy all the time. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, we were very active. Like all of us were, you know, into sports and running around. And I tell some, I tell people the same when they're looking to buy a female dog or a male dog. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I, uh, but it was good. It was you know, good childhood growing up. I get along with all all of my brothers. Thank goodness. Um, we're all very we're a very close knit family. Um, all of us still live in Chicago, very close to each other. I can visit any one of them at any given point. Mm. Um, if anyone knows me very well, I talk about my brothers a lot. Mm. Um, I think I'm very privileged to have been born fourth because I have three older brothers to learn from. Um, mad props to my oldest brother who had to figure out a lot of stuff on his own. Mm. Um, but a lot of like you know where I am today has come from my older brothers. We're learning from them. And, you know, even more so my two younger brothers, they have four or five people to look up to and get mm-hmm. advice from. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really helped me. I think it's put me ahead of the curve of life. Yeah. Just seeking advice from them. That's awesome. Being the older brother of my two younger brothers, you know, I didn't get that part of it. But uh... yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have mad respect for the older brother, the oldest brother, or older brother of any family, because, you know what, you're figuring stuff out on your own, you know, yeah. you're your interests, you know, your hobbies, like, or really anything that you do, like you're kind of bumbling around through it yourself. And I'm sure it's, it's normal to you, but, but I mean, it's awesome hearing that perspective of, cause it's just like, we were talking about you learning stuff from failures and, yeah. and uh, misses in life. And then you can learn that from your brother. You have a close relationship. A lot of people don't learn from right. failures from others. Like if, you fail and you tell me about it. Most of the time, I'm going to have to go through it myself to learn from it. Right, right. But like, if it's family, if it's someone you're close to, you're more able to take that to heart and apply it to your own life. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's kind of cool to... Absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like I get along with a lot of you. I was a big fan of Mike. And, yeah, you know, Mike and was here for a bit. He was Mike working was great. Here. Yeah. 
He he's the golden child, <laughs> the youngest of the, the Novak. You said they all live in Chicago. So yeah. Well, you know what? I, I lie. He's he's doing like a six month boot camp training thing in Indianapolis for um, another company. Mm. Um, I shouldn't have said boot camp because it sounds like physical training or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's just a. He's like in a classroom for this company for like six months in Indianapolis, but he'll be back before Christmas. Okay. Is uh, the holidays fun? I feel like the holidays would be fun. And oh yeah. So it, you know, if you think I like to talk, um, I'm I'm the quiet. I'm one of the quieter ones in my family. Yeah. Actually, um, family dinners is it's it's about try, everyone's trying to get a word in. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like rush hour traffic and everything's moving really really fast though. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking, you're looking both ways and you're trying to sneak a word in, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and there's just, everyone, everyone has like, wants a spotlight on them. You know, we're all very, you know, we have something to say. Yeah. Like, oh, you're saying this, I have something to reply about that. You know? <laughs> so, your parents the same way or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, 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 hundred percent think so. Of course, all of us probably think that the rest of us talk too much, you know, <laughs> you know, like, man, I can't get a word in. Did, uh, did they go to DePaul or did like, yeah. Um, yeah. man, I, yeah, I think every single one of my brothers went to okay. DePaul. Um, I had one who, I had a couple who went to UIC for a bit, mm. um, first and, but like my oldest one, he, he graduated from UIC, but then came to DePaul for a master's. Mm. So everyone's been to DePaul, you know, that's, that's the school, mm-hmm. you know? I like it. So where do you, uh, is, is that where you get like some of your good, uh, some of your work ethic and, um, your abilities here is that it was nurtured through you, through your brothers and family or where do you think yeah, you got it? I, I, you know what? I think so. I want to say so. Um, I like growing up, I always wanted to, you know, eat like growing up. I hated being referred to as Rob's brother or Paul's brother or Mm. Al's brother. Mm -hmm. You know, I had three older brothers and, you know, we went to the same grade school. We went to the same high school. And so naturally teachers would sometimes call me by the wrong name or Mm -hmm. refer to me as another. And so I was always trying to like make a name for myself. Like I wanted to stand out in some way. Mm -hmm. So any opportunity there was to, you know, work harder or, you know, make my parents proud in some way. I was always trying to do it because that's how it started was like, I hate it when they call me that, you know, yeah. I want them to call me Ted, you know? Yeah. You know, like such and such is little brother. Ted. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't want to be referred to as the little brother. You yeah. Know? Um, and so for me, that was like, that's how it kind of started. Um, over time, like I always wanted to make my parents proud in any way possible. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, would work hard and share my successes with them and tell them, you know? Um, but like my parents, they both came from Poland. Um, we were the first generation to go to college, um, myself and my brothers. And, uh, so your parents came, were they born in Poland? Yeah, they were both born in Poland. Yep. So they were born in Poland. You know, the story behind that, um, man, I, you know what, I kind of embarrassing, but I, I don't, I'm not confident to say it on this podcast with okay. the story. I'd, I'd be bumbling all over the place. Next holiday. You yeah. Catch up on that story. Yeah. Huh. I didn't even know that. That's cool. Have you been to Poland? I have not. No? Not, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. I uh, heard it's a beautiful place to go to. This is going to be your Thanksgiving talk with your family. You know, yeah. Get, 
Poland history and then get to Poland. We've been talking about doing a family trip sometime. All the brothers and their parents to go together yeah. and check it out. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Let's see here. When, um, if you, if you could have a gigantic billboard and, uh, anywhere with anything on it, getting message out to like millions and billions of people, what would you put on it? Could be a quote or just a um, saying or something. I, you know what? I would, I would love a billboard to just say, um, everything will be okay. Um, it's, it's a philosophy I try to keep in my life that like, no matter when the going gets tough or how bad things are, like everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I try to like, think about like, there's a bright light at the end of every tunnel. Um, I'm just a firm believer of like when things are, um, bad, they're going to get better. You mm -hmm. know, the night is darkest before dawn breaks, you know? Yeah. What's um, uh, Abraham Lincoln's famous quote it shall pass something that um, shall pass. I don't know. Uh, I know what you're talking about. It, it is a very famous, yeah, it's yeah. the same concept. Something about it shall pass. Right. I don't know why I can't. But yeah, that, that would, it would just be everything will be okay. You know? That's good. Because no matter, you know, how bad things get, you know, it's, it's never going to be the end of the world. Right. You know, you're always going to be able to bounce back from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and things can always get worse, man. You know? Yeah. I, you know what? Like, as long as I've been here and as successful as I've gotten, um, you know, I'll have a bad day, and it's important to put things into perspective, mm -hmm. right? There's there's someone who's worse off, or there's someone not having, or probably having a worse day than you. Mm -hmm. So it's, and you could literally anyone anyone can have this concept in their head to think that you know what it's not as bad as you're making it out to be in your head. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to look back and be like, man, five years ago, I would kill to be in the position I'm in now. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if I've had a load fall off or if I've lost a customer, like remember where you were a mm -hmm. year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can even just bring it even out of work. You know, I mean, I just try to be every day, you know, I wake up breathing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just exactly. like try to have some gratitude and grateful. It's a great day to be alive instead of absolutely. You know, catch myself complaining about the cold weather that's going to be coming up. Right. You know, or something like that. Just like, you know, it's a good day to be alive. Let's absolutely. Focus on the now. That's good. Yeah, soak it in. What would uh, this was a question? You gave me Ted. I've used in a couple podcasts. Oh, sweet. What was uh, what's like your best day at Schneider? Best. Hmm. Um. Man, I've got I've got like a few, but I'll I'll stick with one. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll do an early one, like uh, early early days in Schneider. I had a a customer that we closed and I say we, because it wasn't just me. It was a joint effort. Um, I remember getting, uh, Dave Mosley, Matt Suela and Nick Skeen all on a call with me to help close a warehouse move for a company. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we went the whole, the whole way through on this close and it was such a satisfying like sales process 
um, because essentially we came late. You know, I had cold called the company and they told me, hey, you know, what? we're in the final stages of a bid actually for this warehouse move. Um, shot in the dark, I asked them if they'd let me partake, you know, in these last few days. He said, well, it's due by the end of the week, you know, and I'm like, you know, what? we're, we got to close this, you know, we can do it. And we, we closed it, you know, um, and it was such a gratifying feeling to, you know, that business was going to go to our competitor and we came in last minute and just took it. We just, we closed it and we, we executed it perfectly. And it was such a, like, I think that was early on in my career. And I love talking about that because I think that was the moment where I was like, you know what? Like, I can close stuff, you know, we can close stuff. Yeah. We're a fantastic company that we work for. Um, you know, Schneider can go out there and just take business and win it and, mm-hmm. and service it. Um, it was very empowering and it was one of my favorite days at Schneider. And especially um, having all those, you know, top leaders joining in yes. on it with you and having your back and yep. uh, being having that team effort to knock it down too. That's uh, the, Yeah, that's the awesome. team effort here is it's fantastic. You could draw upon resources here at the company to – you know, get you that final mile into getting the business in house. And, um, it was good to know that they had my back, you know? Yeah. Good. I like that. You had like a worst day or you thought it was the worst day. Was it that, uh, account that you lost? Um, that, nah, three loads for that? that was a pretty bad you day. You want it back, I guess. Nikki Schwartz will know that I had, I had this day, we call it Waco, Texas, because we had a load going to Waco. It was like Vernon, California to Waco, Texas. And that was, I was so frustrated that day because we had, I think it was five or six trucks that fell off all in a row on the same day. And it was just incredibly stressful Yeah. Um, because I, you know, I just want the load to pick up, right? Yeah. That, you know, not, not hard. I'm not asking for a lot. I yeah. just want the load to pick up and <laughs> on time and deliver on time. And it failed like six times within the span of like three hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember being really stressed and I, I had to get up and just take a walk around the block um, because I was like, I yeah, am imagine. so, yeah. And you know what? I think back to it now and I'm like, this is so dumb that I'm like talking about a single load for a single customer that was the worst day. Cause you look back on it, it's, it is so insignificant, you know, yeah. it is not, but you know, speaking honestly, I remember that being a very stressful, <laughs> stressful day. Yeah. Um, but again, you know what? Try and look forward, you know? And there's probably a lot of days <laughs> where you've had a lot of similar days like that. And yeah. You, you just have a short memory and you forgot, like we were talking about at the beginning. Yep. Uh, I, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, if I have a bad day, I can say, I, I've probably had a worse day, you yeah. know? And I got through it, yeah. you know? That's that's the good thing about this job, too, is like, you know, you experience different um, stresses, right? Different scenarios that really stress you out. Mm-hmm. And you just build on that experience, you know, um, you become excellent at just servicing the customer, excellent at breaking bad news, um, mm-hmm. things that a lot of people don't have skills around that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it makes you a stronger person, um, in all other aspects of life. And those are the things you don't think about usually when you right. start off, especially in those are the ones that, um, lead to some people's demise yeah essentially you know it's like not be able to handle a situation you go off the rails exactly right or just give up because it's built up to a certain point and made it so stressful to where you just like you couldn't handle anymore but if you 
you've gone through it, learned from it, like how to handle a mm-hmm. conversation of telling a customer some very bad news. That's yeah. very daunting. But if you've gone through it a couple times, it gets easier and easier. Yeah. I, I mentioned Nikki because, you know, if she knows I'm having a bad day, she'll, she'll ask, she'll be like, oh, is it Waco, Texas bad? She'll, <laughs> you know, kind of joke around. That's and I'll, I'll have to say, no, it's not Waco, Texas bad, you know? And that's kind of how I think of it. Like, ah, it could always be worse, right? Yeah, it's a good perspective, you know, <laughs> thing for sure. Ted, what, uh, do you go to much music concerts? What was, what was your first uh, concert you ever went to? Oh, man. So I'm, you're probably going to think I'm a psycho, <laughs> but I've never been to a concert before. A concert ever? Never. Wow. Um, I've, I've do you gone to, to I've gone to a bar before to like, uh, <laughs> hear a cover band play, but I've, so man, I, I, I love telling people about this because they always look at me like I'm an alien or something. That's but a good I'm not fun a, fact. I'm not a very musical person, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I listen to some music. I do. Um, but it'd be hard for me to pinpoint any particular like i listen to a lot of different genres of music like i listen to a lot of stuff and i can't like put my i can't like put my finger on what i like or don't like necessarily Mm -hmm. if it sounds good i'll listen to it you know Mm -hmm. i've never had a particular artist that i would love to see in concert Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a really foreign concept to me (laughs) i i I think i get it you know going to a concert for someone you really like and you're hearing the music what do you, what do you do? You just stand there and, and listen or <laughs> <laughs> I think it for me, man, it's uh I, I love going to festivals and just being a part of there's a it's almost like you're operating on a on I think there's like this universal consciousness. Yeah. And I think when you when you're at some of these festivals or concerts, it's like everyone gets on this universal consciousness Ooh. at once and you're and you're you like absorb the energy of the crowd you absorb the energy of the the band the singers especially when you're up close and and it's just it's uh it's like an ecstatic moment you know ecstasis type moment that you get in just pure off music you know? ronnie that is the best way anyone has ever described going to a concert to before that actually sounds really cool that's what I love about it. I've when anytime I've mentioned this to like friends or family, they uh, I don't know, like they don't know how to answer the question, you know. But that I was very elo- that was very eloquently put. Actually, that sounds really cool. I get I get that. that yeah, you that gel with cool. the people. That's what I love about Lollapalooza is you go there and I learn I I experience new music and yeah. there's a bunch of different genres and you just you meet other people that like the music too and you're yeah. just jamming together mm-hmm. to some good music that you both like and a lot of sometimes i don't even need to know <laughs> the music to go into it it's right. just that just that energy you get on with other people yeah. just there's something about it i just i you know i was thinking i'm like man i'm gonna be on this podcast and he's gonna ask me the concert question i'm gonna have to tell him i've never been to one <laughs> <laughs> but i knew it was gonna be funny you though, thought you were getting out of it we were coming yeah across, i was like oh no here, here it comes but so i don't have to ask the you know, what's an absurd thing or habit that you do. Yeah, that's, that, that's the absurd thing. I yeah. think. It, it, it really is because people, like, I'll tell people that and people just be like, what? Really? <laughs> How is that possible? You know? And to me, I'm, I'm also just, I've always been like, I don't get it. You're 
going to a concert? Why? Like what, you know, I just, it's such a f- weird concept to me, even though everyone does it, mm-hmm. but you, you really explained it very well on, on why that is or what people get out of it. Maybe why I should, can get you there. You know what? Now. Maybe I, maybe I need to go to a concert and experience it. Yeah. You know, don't bash it till you try it. There you go. <laughs> what, uh, we'll end it off with this. This was, a. Uh, you told me to get some like holiday oriented stuff. Um, do you, uh, do you like Halloween Ted? Oh, I love I Halloween, mean, our birthday is on the same day. It's always around Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday of the year. What do you love about Halloween? Um, gosh, I, you know what? My, well, my birthday is, is, is in proximity, right? Mm-hmm. It's really close to Halloween. Were you, our birthday is usually on the same weekend. Usually yep. that people are celebrating it. Yeah. Um, Halloween it's 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 my birthday's nearby. I love autumn. I, I love that transition of the seasons when the leaves are changing colors. It's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been a fan of dressing up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I always you know try to go go all out and do a costume. What'd um, you dress up last year? Man, I you know what I it was nothing particular. But if you saw a picture of it, it'd probably freak you out. Yeah. It was something just out of a nightmare. Um, right. I did something scary last year. Right. So Previous years, I've done. Um, I dressed as Daniel Day Lewis from Gangs of New York. Oh, that's cool. I dressed as uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Okay, love it. Um, a Shaggy from Scooby Doo. So I'll do, I'll, I'll be Jamie all Jamie Lannister that. with one arm or two arms. Uh, with one arm. Ah, nice. <laughs> uh, I had like a surgical glove that I painted gold, you know, and with the the one arm and. That's good. Um, I'll I'll hand make my costumes. I'll put I love a lot it. of time into it, you know. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love Halloween. Um, it's, it's fantastic. Do you have a, um, favorite scary movie? Yes. So October is scary movie month. I love watching as much scary movies as possible. Probably the scariest is, in my opinion, is the exorcist. Yeah. Uh, the original one. I saw that movie when I was a kid and it scared the hell out of me. And I think till this day, it like still holds up. It scares me. I'm getting chills thinking of the scene of the girl coming (sighs) down the stairs backwards. It's the most creepy moment. It like, it creeps me out till this day. Yeah. I love scary movies. I really do. I'll, I'll watch like a whole lot. Me too. that, That goes down as my, my, that one scared the hell out of me. I was a big like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street, and watching it when I, my grandmother would let me rent the movies from VHS from the, the yeah. local video store, and we'd watch, and I would have nightmares. Which probably shouldn't have been watching. Yeah, I, I think I I lean more towards the scary stuff that's more supernatural, um, like Nightmare on Elm, like something in your dreams or yeah. something like so, anything that like. I don't get scared too much by like, you know, the rampant, rampant serial killer or something, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know why, even though that's like more believable or realistic for something that can actually happen in real life. I get scared with the, you know, just supernatural. You like stuff. the paranormal activity? Yeah. Movies. Like that kind of stuff. Those you know, freak really me out too. Me out, yeah. Um, I love those because it, it, it gets you, you know what it does? It gets you in that like type of kid mode like yes. the kid feel of right. scared of fear that, yeah and that's what those paranormal activities and exorcist did for me i you know what I, i'm really good at uh it's called suspension of disbelief okay where you you know 
in this day and age, it's so hard to scare a kid because they can look anything up online and know what's real, what's fake. Yeah. Um, and I think I like my I purposely will suspend my disbelief, right? Because you can always be skeptical about anything that happened. You're like, well, that's not possible. That could never really happen in real life. Mm. Um, I think to enjoy a movie, it's good to suspend that disbelief and what if, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, and then you really enjoy it because then you can kind of get creeped out by it and get kind of scared. Yeah. And um, it's not that I believe in any of that stuff, but while I watch that movie, I'm thinking, what if? Yeah. You know? And that's what I love makes that. it for me. I kind of do similar stuff. I don't even like watching trailers or anything. I don't even like knowing the like the synopsis or even what it's about. Yeah. You know, I just love going into it raw because then I know I'm going to absorb the true nature of what yeah. the director or whoever's trying to do out of it. Right, right. Uh, that backfired on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. I see it now. It's just... Uh, there was a lot of culture references that I didn't, I needed to study up right, know, right, and then I missed a lot. So then I didn't enjoy the movie like I should have. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of movies like horror movies, it works out well. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, I appreciate it, Ted. And, uh, yeah, good conversation. Thanks, thanks for, a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah.